is Jared and the JM on a Titans Monday. Floyd? Yep. I am at my wits end with something with the Titans, and that is the offensive line. And I know we've been – how long outside of the one year and a half from Russ Grimm when he was offensive line coach, how long have we been sitting here and and complaining and screaming about the Titans' offensive line? This feels like a yearly thing that we do where it's always something with the offensive line. It's like the bad kid of the team. Like – up, uh, what did what did Johnny get into this time? Well, you know, Johnny. Uh, what did the offensive line do this time? And it literally feels like a chronic problem of the Tennessee Titans. Is that fair to say? Well, I think what happened was we, whenever it was three years ago, I mean, everybody came out and said the offensive line is one of the best two or three in the league, and uh, and we were living with that. And then the next year. After DeMarco was gone, <laughs> and since then, we haven't had the same production run-wise or pass-wise. Although and I would so, say that they were, I, they, I thought they were better malarkeys last year than they were last year or this year. Was that the DeMarco's injured year? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I mean, they, so. they still had problems, but. Yeah, they weren't. They haven't been the same since that four years ago. But. But, because they were so highly touted. And now we're realizing now this year is totally different, in my opinion. Well, I I am at my wits in with the offensive line, and I want to fire the offensive line coach. I, I today, I want them to fire Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, because he got guys that had been together for forever last year, the same group that, you know, as you said, was highly touted three years ago. He got that same group last year, and they were an albatross of an offensive line. And we said, you know, the tackles are okay, but if they can just get some guards in here. And so they go out and they get saffled. And they pay him a bunch of money. They come in. He's worse than what they had before. Now they've got Nate Davis, which, again, he, you know, missed training camp. and But I need the coach to kind of get through to him, and I need the offensive line coach to coach him up. And I have not seen one shred of improvement from the day Keith Carter took over as offensive line coach. Not one shred. And you always told me if it's one player who's not as good, then you can blame the player. But if it's the whole group, then you can blame the coach. And they have tried new players. They have drafted new players. I mean, Buffalo yesterday, they had two injuries on the offensive line, and the Titans didn't just run right to their quarterback every snap. In fact, they had their guard playing center and a tackle playing guard, and you know who else they had at guard yesterday? Didn't even notice them. Quentin Spain was playing guard for Buffalo yesterday and doing a decent enough job because we didn't notice Quentin Spain being a problem. And this was a guy who we were yelling at for years to get out of here. So Spain goes to Buffalo, and he seems to be playing a lot better. I mean, and this is, you know, Conklin was an all-pro. What's Conklin right now? I mean, he's an average right tackle maybe. I, I see regression, regression, regression on the offensive line. So today I asked Mike Vrabel about the confidence that he has in his offensive line coach. As far as the offensive line is concerned, for the last two years since you've been the coach, it's, it's been inconsistent. And you change guys out, bring in a big free agent, draft somebody relatively high. You've got an all-pro or a Pro Bowl left tackle, a guy who was an all-pro at right tackle, and the line still seems to struggle. Where are you with Keith Carter and the job that he has done and is doing with the offensive line? Very confident. Very confident. I would say that uh, 
I have the luxury of watching a 19-year-old son play offensive line. And the head coach there is an offensive line coach. He's got a line coach. At the end of the day, they got to line up, they got to know who to block, and they got to block their guy. So we, we know who to block, and we, if, if we don't know, and if we're not teaching them, and they say, Coach, I didn't know what to do on this play, uh, then, then we'd have a problem. But, you know, we, 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 have to, we have to sit there and block our guy. It becomes a lot of one-on-one matchups in this league, and that's why it's great because you kind of find out the receivers and a DB. It's one-on-one matchups. It's an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. It's a linebacker and a running back. And uh, those are great things to have. Uh, and you go out there and you got to win more of those one-on-one matchups than you lose. So Vrabel says to me, it's not the coach, it's the players. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, it obviously is the players. I mean, they got a, a kid playing right guard that's never played in the NFL. Excuses. Never played in the NFL. Never played. Didn't go through camp. Didn't go through any of that stuff. He hasn't done anything. It should be absolutely no surprise to anybody that he is struggling. And when a guy struggles like that and the other players know he's going to struggle, it affects everybody around him. Taylor Lewan, as good as Taylor is, hasn't been in uniform for a month. A month. I mean, he can't even do, he couldn't even rehab. He can't even show up at the facility. He can't do anything. I mean, you don't just walk in off of the streets and play in the NFL and play the way you used to. Now, you can go out there and line up and play, but how well you play, I think, is another issue. I mean, the guy he's playing right, his right guard, the guy to his right, I mean, they've never played in a game together. Never a game. So I don't, you know, I mean, you can, we can point fingers and we can, you know, accuse and we can do all kinds of stuff. But I mean, my tendency is to let those guys play together a little bit. Now, if it's the same in, you know, six weeks or what, however long you think they they deserve, then yeah, then there's a concern. But I mean, I think right now it's just not fair to to be, you know, pointing fingers and uh, did they play good no they did not no they didn't i don't think there's any problem but i mean it, it, it's it's not unexpected i mean the offensive line is maybe the one position in the that well, behind quarterback where for you to play it takes so much more than just talent you can take a guy that's a corner and put him out there and say hey you cover that guy in front of you okay coach and that's the end of it that's no and is he going to have a chance yeah he have a chance if he's really really talented guy uh, but in the offensive line I don't care who you are if you haven't been in the offensive line if you don't know what the what the system is if you don't know how you're going to handle certain things I mean it you watch offensive linemen in in camps and they wander around like a herd of cattle you know why because they have to be able to communicate like that. They have to understand what each other, what the other guy's doing, what the other guy's I, thinking. I don't disagree with any of that, but Keith Carter inherited a line last year that had played together for three years. That group had been together for three seasons and could not block last year. So, so using like this argument, and I'm, again, I'm not totally throwing this out, but we didn't like those guys last year because, but they had been together for forever. 
So then they go out and get new guys. And yes, maybe they need time to play together, but the new guys are not playing very well. And then on top of it, you know, the whole communication and the non-talent aspects of that is where I expect the coach to be able to coach up my offensive linemen. And also, yesterday, Buffalo loses their starting center and their starting right tackle. And I didn't see any problems from Buffalo, including Quentin Spain yesterday. I don't see the same Spain offensive line. Spain came in here and kicked your butt. The same offensive line, minus the all-pro left tackle, kicked butt last week. They were outstanding. Best protection we've had in three, four years. Outstanding. Well, now you take the rookie and you put him in at right guard and you bring in a new left tackle, new from the standpoint he hasn't practiced with these guys, and it changes things. I mean, there are going to be issues. Now, Taylor will adapt a lot quicker than the guard. But the guard's going to have issues for weeks. They take the guard I mean, out, put in an experience guard. And who are you going to put in? I don't know. If We've I, already been to you like Douglas. You like the way he handled it? <laughs> I mean, if you can't play a guy because he's got no experience, which, again, Buffalo is putting guys in there that don't have a lot of experience. They ran out of offensive linemen yesterday. If another lineman got hurt for Buffalo, they were going to have to put a tight end on the offensive Well, line. they only had one backup or, or two, two backups. backups. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, they brought brought seven guys. I'm just saying, I feel like, you know, we, we you can make excuses for the offensive line, and that's fine. But I have not seen one shred of improvement since Keith Carter took over as the offensive line coach. Much like the special teams, I don't see improvement ever from those guys. And I do believe Vrabel, like, I love Vrabel. I think he's a good guy, and I, I think he's an okay coach. But... I think he's so stubborn sometimes that he believes that his coaching staff can fix every problem, and at some point he just needs to go get a better offensive line coach. I wanted to get a new offensive line coach after last year, and everyone told me it was the two inside guys, Spain and Klein. So they get rid of Spain and Klein, and they they come back, and and they pay Saffold all this money, and he can't block, and they bring in Nate Davis, and yes, he got hurt, and yes, he may not be very good, I don't know, and he can't block. But I feel like it's just you can change the argument to make the excuses based upon the problem. Jack Conklin has regressed significantly as a right tackle since Keith Carter's been the offensive line coach. Well, you could say that. You could also say it's been since he's had his ACL and whatever that other injury was to his knee. People get hurt in football. Yeah, they do. But it doesn't, doesn't mean you recoup the same way. And I'm not saying he has or he hasn't because I don't know. But I would agree with you. He hasn't been the same since he's been hurt. Forget who the coach is. He hasn't been. He got the ACL, then he turned right around and hurt again at the end of the season last year. And he has not been the same. I agree with you. But now you've literally pointed out an excuse for each person on the line except for Ben Jones. And I, I that's where I where last year the there were excuses. This year and the excuses were different. You know, it was Spain's fault and it was Klein's fault. I know you didn't hear me saying that stuff. You didn't. Love I didn't see. I didn't. I had no problem with them. I mean, they'd been here before. They were part of the best offensive line in the league, so they they didn't bother me at all. But I mean, right now, this is not a, what's going on here. Now is not an excuse. It's a fact. I mean, I don't. I, everybody in the world knows that Taylor has not played. Everybody in the world knows the right guard's a rookie. Everybody in the world knows Jack Conklin's been hurt. Everybody in the world knows Saffold, this is his fifth game with these guys. So, I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but 
That is a fact. And then you can deduce what you want after that. I go back to then what was the problem last year? If you had an experienced offensive line, what was the problem last year when all the excuses are these are new guys or there's guys missed or this, that? Like, what, like, what, like to me, it's like. If we win the last game last year, we're in the playoffs. If in we spite win of that line. the last game, the line was a problem we last are year. in the playoffs. But if you remember, the quarterback did not show for the playoffs for the play- last game, and we lost. So we didn't make the playoffs. Now, if he would have played, maybe we win. Then we're in the playoffs, and then all this is a mute point. So it's Mariota's Until fault that the line now. couldn't block last year. I'm not blaming anybody. You're the one who's doing all the blaming. Well, you just went to Mariota when I asked why I'm, the line struggled I last am year. I giving you facts. The fact is, did we not play the last game to see who gets in the playoffs? Yes. And Marcus did not play. Correct. Those are facts. No opinion, no bias, no prejudice. Facts. And so, you know, you can take that and do whatever you want to with it. Okay, but is this not a fact that last year John Robinson determined that Spain and Klein were not good enough? So, uh, somebody over there determined that, obviously, because okay. they're no longer here. Now, I'm not sure. I think Spain was unrestricted, wasn't he? I mean, he was, they, they're he, paying Saffold $6 million bucks. You could have got Spain for a lot cheaper. Than yeah, well, he's, he, he was unrestricted. Though. No, I no, think he was I, restricted, and they, ten, they, they had the option to tender him, and they didn't take it or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I go back to they decided that Spain and Klein weren't good enough. And now they are worse, probably the same, honestly. And Spain's doing just fine. And Klein signed one day later with the Vikings. And I have no idea how well Klein's doing. I, I have not, you know, the Vikings are terrible anyways. But they're running the ball well. Um, but I, I just, to, I mean, I hear you. I get the excuses. Some of them are valid. Some of them are just flat-out excuses. And they me, are not excuses. Is, has Taylor been here every single practice? Well, look, we all know this. Has that, well, I mean, I, 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 you make it sound like an excuse. I'm not making this up. This is an opinion. This is not biased. This is not prejudiced. This is fact, fact, fact. And so you can do what you want to with it, and you can form whatever opinion you want. But you're, you're, looking, you're looking for me, and you're calling them excuses. And my point is, it is not excuses. It is what's going on. It's the real world, the real NFL. Let's take your phone call. 615-737-1025. 615-737-1025. Live from the Wholesaling Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. On Titans Monday, it's Jared and the GM on ESPN 1025, the game. You said yesterday that the result of the game is not going to change how you guys approach this week. But when the same mistakes keep repeating and the same situations keep repeating, does there come a point where you do need to change how you approach things? Uh, well, let's talk specifics as far as situations, and I'll we'll maybe walk you through some of those. Okay, the pass protection problems. It's been, for the last few weeks, the same five guys for the majority of the time. Does there come a point where you change that? Well, yesterday in the last couple of weeks, we've got Taylor back yesterday, Nate, Ben's our center. Um, now we have an opportunity uh, to, to look and evaluate and see if um, Dennis can help us. Um, you know, and then um, and then try to fix it and try to get the ball out when we have to and, and get run better routes. And there's a lot of times where the protection breakdown is there. 
there's a lot of times, not a lot of times, there's times where that happens. There's times where the quarterback doesn't get rid of the football. And there's times where, um, you know, we have to get open sooner. So those are, there's a lot of different things involved. That was Vrabel right there saying, hey, there's a lot of different things involved. And there's a, and I can promise you this, when Adam Archuleta can literally break down the sack and say, this is terrible on this guy and that's terrible on that guy on the line, there are problems. And they're going to keep running Saffold out there. They're going to keep running, um, you know, obviously they're going to keep running Taylor out there, which I think we all know that they have to do anyways. I am convinced, by the way, that Dennis Kelly needs to be in the game. I don't know where. I'm not necessarily sure I care where. Dennis Kelly's got to be out there. Even I know he's not a guard, but I he's so much better than some of these other guys. Kelly's got to be in the game. But to me, I want to get rid of the offensive line coach. I am on record. I want to fire Keith Carter, the offensive line coach. Vrabel says he's very confident in Keith Carter. Floyd, you have a thought or you want to go right to the phones? Mm, let's go to the phones. Titans Monday, we go to the phones. Let's go to Glenn. Who's up next here on Jared and the GM? What's up, Glenn? Hey, guys. Um, GM, you're probably not going to like this phone call. Um, I remember, If I remember correctly, you once said that the NFL is a results business. And I'm in sales, and sales is a result business. You can have all the excuses in the world. Nobody cares. If Taylor Luan had not practiced, then keep Dennis Kelly in there starting and work him in slowly. The, you know, you, you, I just... It stuns me to hear all these excuses by the GM. And, I mean, it's a results business, correct, GM? Correct. Okay. The so ultimate. Then, do any of us care what their excuses are or why it didn't work out? I, I'm not we, making excuses, caller. If you, if okay. you would have listened, I would have said, I, I explained to Jared the facts. You, now, you can do whatever you want to with them. You can call them excuses. You can call them whatever. But what I said is fact. Now, if you think that is enough of a reason to to create a problem, then you know, then it's you you can understand that. If you don't think it's a an, enough of an issue, then great. I mean, that's completely up to you. I'm not altering your opinion. Isn't ninety percent of life trying to figure out when things don't work out whether or not the excuse is valid or not valid? Like, and I'm not just talking about football, but I'm talking about, like, everything, right? Like, if you go to fire somebody, like, let's say that there's a third-grade teacher and their test scores aren't high enough, so you want to fire the third-grade teacher. I mean, isn't the third-grade teacher going to say to you, well, I got kids that don't show up every day for school, and I've got the lowest district in terms of test scores in America, and I, like, the, you know, the parents aren't, they're not making them do their homework at home, so they're not, and then you're the principal, like, you have to decide if those excuses are legitimately valid or if you have a bad teacher. Right. Right. And I feel like that's where we differ is that you take those issues with the Titans and you apply that as to you and Vrabel apply well, that to why yeah. that's why. And to me, I'm done hearing the excuses. But I see, want to this, fire the line coach. This is the other problem. Going back to your principal teacher analogy, is it okay for the parent to decide if that teacher should be fired or not? Why is the principal deciding? Because the principal knows. Because the principal's smart. Because the principal's been in education. The principal has been around. The principal sees that. It's easy for some. And, and guess what? Your parent, you want them fired. The, I'm a parent. I don't want them fired. Guess what? Neither one of us know. We don't know if he should be or shouldn't be. It's all bias. Why is it bias? Because my kid got an A. I like her. Your kid got an F. You don't like her. My kid's not going to get Fs. 
Yeah, well, if you fail, it doesn't work. People don't like it. When it works, everybody's for it. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's, and again, you can do whatever you want to with it. You know, after the principal makes his decision, yeah, she's fired or no, she's not, then, you know, you can say, okay, good call. Why is it a good call? Well, because she flunked my kid. Okay. <laughs> but but I thought she was okay. Yeah, but, but <laughs> my kid got the an back, A. The backbone of sports talk radio is first and second guessing the coach and the general manager. That's just what people do. And and I understand that. And and all and, I'm and trying to case, do all I'm trying to do is help people along. Let's go to Gary, who's up next on Taylor Lewan. What's up, Gary? Yes, um, this is a direct quote from the Buffalo Bills defensive end Shaq Lawson after the game. Quote, we knew what Taylor Lewan's weakness was. He gives up inside moves, and this was an inside game. He's a fake, tough guy. He was quiet today. Unquote. And my question is, how does Taylor Lewan overcome something that gets advertised around the league? Like, hey, when you play the Titans and you line up against this guy, you, you do this and you'll succeed. How does he overcome that? Floyd? Thank you for the call, Gary. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what happens, as you can imagine, with and, and in a game like this, you know, if you go out and your defensive line and your defensive line has some success, it's easy to talk smack. And there are some guys that will jump at every opportunity they have. Yeah, Shaq Lawson sucks. And some guys that will never, ever do it. And it doesn't matter. So, you know, again, I think every time you hear some of those things, especially after a game, especially, you know, depending on which side of the ball or however the game turned out for the guy, you're going to, I think you have to take a bunch of that with a grain of salt. Believe me, if, if Taylor was in fact, and I'm, it, it may be even true. I don't even know that. But if Taylor had struggled with an inside move, Every defensive line coach in the NFL would know it. And every defensive end in the NFL would know it because all those coaches would tell them. And so it's it wouldn't be they're, – they're not going to, you know, check their Twitter page to see what kind of moves they need to use on Jack Conklin. I promise you that. So they'll – They'll go to the coach, and the coach will, wherever their problems are, they've been well analyzed, well scrutinized. I, I will say this about the Taylor Lewan, Shaq Lawson thing. It's a beef that I guess is spilled over onto Twitter where the two are going at each other. Taylor just needs to shut up. You know, just shut up and just play football. Just get better at football. Just, you know, work your way back and be another pro bowler or whatever, and then, you know, rub that in everybody else's face. You know, let your wallet do the talking. Let your production do the talking. And... um. I do wonder, with Taylor specifically, if all of his talking, because he was back at it yesterday talking after the game, I wonder if all of his talking, when things don't go well, when, you, when you've got a guy who's doing well and he talks, you laugh and say that that's colorful. But if a guy keeps talking and he's not doing well and he did get suspended for four games, you know, if guys in the locker room are going to get really tired of that really quickly. And I do wonder if that's going to become an issue too. More of your phone, 615-737-1025 plus... I do have a take on Mariota from yesterday I want to get to, and then we'll get to your phones. Do not miss the pregame show. That's right. Start your morning off with the kickoff, and then, of course, we will be live from 1 to 3 at the George Jones downtown. Jared, the GM, and Chris Sanders live from the Georgetown. Special time, 1 to 3 this week as the Titans take on Denver and Denver. The NFL pregame show is brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, your Middle Tennessee Kubota dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Jared and the GM. 
CSP at 1025, the game. What do you think kept the offense from finishing? You, you said you guys left points on the field. It was your fault in a lot of regards as the offense. Well, I think uh, negative plays, uh, penalties, um, you know, those types of things will, will hurt you in the red zone. And when you get behind the sticks in the red zone against a defense like this, um, it's, it's tough sledding. That right there, Marcus Mariota talking about, hey, you know, the red zone, it was what it was, and penalties and all kinds of mistakes. Floyd, I have a take on Marcus, and then we'll get back to the phones. I thought Marcus played great yesterday. I thought he was great. You know, he had the, he was trying to make plays out there. He had the play where he dove the ball to the one-yard line. They punch it in for a touchdown. He had the touchdown pass to A.J. Brown. They got called back for being over the line of scrimmage. I thought that was a bad call. Uh, I think Sterator was right when he said, hey, that right foot was at the 11-yard line, which would have made it okay. Uh, Mariota had Humphreys drop the ball. He had Delaney drop the ball. He had Dion drop the ball twice. I thought Marcus played really, really well, and nobody will ever remember it because they lost the game and fans get mad when they lose and they blame Mariota. I thought Mariota was as good as you could have asked with the fact that he had no protection, nobody catching a ball, and who's let's not forget now we they had we got sacked them four times. I mean we knocked the heck out of that quarterback. He still put it down the field now. Did he? Did he? They had the receiver. I mean, what what did our number one receiver have? Forty yards. What was it? It's like it's Corey like, Davis. Davis had twenty three, I, I think. I mean, I can't remember, but the stats are awful. Yeah, the stats are bad. Brown, which is why people, Brown was like eight, 25. Eight, 25 is the most? I think Brown had 25 yesterday. No, Brown had 75 yards. He had like eight catches. Uh, I'm, versus, talking, I'm talking about A.J. Brown. Oh, yeah. You're no. talking about John Brown? I'm talking about the other oh, side yeah, of the John ball. Brown, yeah, Titan he killer. lit us yeah, up. He is a Titan killer. And, and so, Five I for mean, 75. John who had 57 on his breakout run. Oh, that's right. One yeah. run. Yeah, so he, he was on leading, his pass. There you go. That's yeah. a leading rusher. A screen for 57. I mean, leading receiver. He threw a a minus two-yard play that went for 57. I mean, this is what... I think we are getting clouded, maybe from both sides, when we look at Marcus. I'm looking at the games yesterday, and I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. Almost 500 yards, five touchdowns. Marcus will never do that. Never. I'm looking at all of these young young quarterback at Carolina. 400 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, I'm looking at these young guys, and they are going up and down the field and lighting it up and throwing the ball all over. And they're rookies. They're guys that playing in their second, third games. And I'm saying, Minshew, where's he? A sixth-rounder? And he puts up, what did he put up, 30 points or something? I mean, they, they ended up losing, but but took it right down to the nubs. I mean, we get excited when Marcus runs down and dives in the end zone. I, w- I would prefer the touchdowns. Give me give me plays down the field, They're please. not catching the ball. <laughs> you got, we, we've been through this. Well, don't give me two, we, 30 we, minutes of excuse on the old line and not talk about Marcus and dropping the ball in the hands. That's, now, that's an excuse. Every quarterback in the NFL has receivers that drops the balls. If you look at the targets every day, every game, and look at the receptions, targets are always three, four, five times, or five snaps more than the receptions. 
because those balls are not caught. Now, some are overthrown, some are thrown in the dirt, and some are just dropped. I mean, that happens. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at, at all of these quarterbacks that, that I'm not I'm not talking about. I'm not even paying attention. Teddy Bridgewater, a backup. Teddy's a good player. Four touchdowns. Way to go, Teddy. Four touchdowns yesterday. Now, he's got some receiving. He's got all of that. Right. I understand that. But four touchdowns? I mean, we can't. We got one. Marcus had three last week. Well, well, he did, but we got one this week. I mean, and and I I don't. One hundred eighty three yards and one touchdown. I mean, that's you can't get excited about that. I know, but again, I I think a lot of these problems are not his fault. You know, and that's ten series. Six three and outs. So it's his fault. Taylor Lewan gets called for holding the first throw of the game is a twenty five yard gain, holding seventy seven. That's his three fault. Three and outs. So that's his fault. So you're telling me that that's his I'm fault. Not, I'm not. I'm not blaming it on anybody. I am saying who runs the offense. I mean, whether we like it or not, the quarterback is the linchpin of the offense. Correct. Yes. Okay. But if everybody around him stinks, and what again, can he do? Again, again. We had uh, six of ten series. Sixty percent of your offense is non-existent because it's one, two, three punt. But you're just throwing out, you know, stats and numbers, and that's fine. But I watched the game, and the game Marcus was making throws to guys that wouldn't catch it, Marcus or they com- were getting big gains and they were getting called back, which he wasn't holding the defensive end. Marcus completed thirteen passes. And I thought he could have and completed the best a lot more. Pass, and the best pass he completed was for minus two yards. Again, you're going to stats. Just when I'm you not, watch the I'm, game. I, that's what I did. When I watched the I game. I watched the game. And so the it's best, his fault that John, that, that uh, Delaney and Humphreys and Dion all dropped the ball. I don't ball. know. That's four more completions I, 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 right there. I'm not saying That probably puts Marcus I'm at 210 yards if they catch fault, those balls. But I am saying it happens to every quarterback in the league. Taylor Lewan Marcus gets called for Marcus is not holding. the only one that has passes dropped. But he's got the worst offensive line in the league, probably. He's got an offensive line coach who should be fired. Well, wait a minute now. If you got the worst offensive line. He's sacked the most. Okay, but if if this offensive line is so bad, I mean, it's bad because new players, different players, different... Because they can't block. Ah. So, again, I, and see, you're going right to the stats. Right to the stats. The stats that say Colin Kaepernick should be starting in the NFL. The stats they always bring up. Those stats is where you're going with Mariota. I'm telling you, what I saw on the field yesterday, I liked what I saw on the field yesterday from Mariota. That's Mariota an- gave you every chance to win yesterday, and everybody else ah, around him are you did their best me? to lose that game. I stand by it. Are you kidding I'm, me? I stand Pleased. by it. Please. Let's go to Scott, who's up next Please. on Mariota. What's up, Scott? <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, first, GM, you and Vrabel are the only two that, weren't screaming to not go for that or to make that kick. Come on. He should have never done that. But Marcus, look, this guy, there's no confidence with this guy. His, his press conferences, everything. And I know it's Mahalo Hawaii stuff, but there's nothing there. He's not a leader. He's got no command. And let me ask you this. I haven't seen him call an audible all year. Who doesn't do that? You know, you can see blitzes coming from some sides. Even if the offensive line's horrible, move them out, spread it out, do something. Up-tempo, anything. Marcus is just another one of these top 
you know, 10 picks that played in college ball that everybody was wide open. They had the greatest lines. We, you know, we need real quarterbacks that'll make the throw. Russell Wilson so, Thursday night. Oh my goodness! So I, I appreciate you, I appreciate your call. I mean, Marcus might end up not getting another contract. I don't, this guy's been to the Pro Bowl before. Uh, by the way, breaking news: the Titans have released Cairo Santos and offensive lineman David Quisenberry. So, I mean, the the releasing of Santos, I think, is not the most surprising move the Titans could have made. But I do love how Vrabel's like, I got confidence in my guy to go out there for 53 yards. Well, you got confidence in him right now because you just cut him. No, you don't. Um, but, I mean, uh, there's no, there's nothing to say about Santos. You get cut. Oh, that's... Missed a game winner against Indianapolis. Well, welcome to the NFL. Four kicks. In a, there is no, kicking is the one spot where there literally is no debate as to whether or not you should be cut. Espe- you know, especially if you're not the guy. Yeah, you're the backup kid. Yeah, if you're not the guy. If you're the guy, you know, like Vinatieri, you get, you'll get a little bit of wiggle room. But if you're not the guy, it's produce or be gone. Oh, yeah, Vinatieri wanted to retire, and they're like, no, 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 no don't retire. Adam. Yeah. Like, no. uh, don't, you know. Stick around. You're still better than what's you know, out there. No, just stay and around. And the part that concerns me is, you know, now, who's out there? You know, I mean, I'm all for making a change. I have no problem as long as we bring in somebody a little bit better. I'm going to guess we're not going to like who they bring in, <laughs> if I had to take a guess. Yeah, probably right. Back to the phones next. Jared of the GM, CSPN 102.5 The Game. Derrick Henry, long set back. Mariota gets to him. Henry, breaking a tackle. He's in. There is a marker thrown from the Bills secondary. You saw it right at the end of the play. It would be the second rushing touchdown of the half if it stands for Henry. Holding offense mm. number 78. 10-yard penalty remains first down. Mm. It's on Conklin. How much of today do you think came down to, you know, errors on your part or, you know, just the fact that Buffalo does have a strong defense? I think it was a combination of both. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, those guys played great. But we uh, ourselves um, made some, some mental mistakes and some – some errors that, that left a lot of points in the board. Yeah, they did. And drop balls, holding calls. You know, again, two holding calls wipe out two major plays. You had the Henry touchdown right there that led to no points. And then you had the first play of the game. Mariota hits Delaney Walker for 25 yards. And it's called back on a hold by Taylor Lewan that I thought was a terrible call, by the way. There were several terrible calls. Oh, I thought the officiating. Yeah. Not to whine about the officiating. We'll Doesn't do that later matter. today. Yeah. I thought the officiating was horrific yesterday in the football game. Almost as bad as the Hockey League crew in the Jacksonville game. Uh, by the way, we're going over potential replacements for kicker, and uh, they ain't very good. So you're looking at Cody Parkey, Blair Walsh, Janikowski, although I, I think Janikowski retired. I think he doesn't want to kick anymore, but I'm not bringing him in here. He's my age. Uh, Phil Dawson, he's Brady's age. Phil Dawson, Chandler Canazero, who I think has been cut by every team in the league, and Kai Forbath. So, there you go. So, we'll have the adventures of Titans kicking to continue. I think it'll probably be Cody Parkey from the Bears. This will be a weekly event. It'll be his uh, first chance to kick since his Good Morning America appearance. Suck up, Brady. Let's go to the phones. Teach Kern how to kick. Uh, bring in Craig Hendrick to teach him. Joe is up next. Thank you for calling. What's up, Joe? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I just wanted to make a few comments about yesterday's game or Sunday's game, rather. But I thought, I'm with you, Jared. I thought Mariota played really well. 
uh, giving the excuse thing. Let's just take the, the Bills' defense is no no joke at all. I mean, they held Tom Brady. They made Tom Brady look like a bad rookie quarterback. True. And, and Mariota didn't even turn the ball over against that defense. So, all in all, I think that's a win. But let's go back to this. Mariota put the team in scoring position four or five times, and those were field goals, missed field goals. You give me those 12 points, it's a totally different ball game on both sides of the field at that point. And I think we come out with a win. So if y'all, if people are harping on Mariota, you really need to watch that game. You really need to watch it because that guy put the team on his back and moved them up and down the field when he had to. And it just they just came up short without points. And here's another thing, and I'll get off real quick. The Titans' defense is not a joke either for four because for five weeks they've held their opponents below at 20 points or below. Thank you, for your, have a good one, thank you for your call, Joe. I have two thoughts for that. Number one, you know, again, I know that you want to go back to Marcus. Marcus got you in position to score points. What was it? They missed four kicks plus the, plus the touchdown five times yesterday. He got your team in position to score, and he's got Conklin with a hold, and Taylor's got a hold, and they've got a false start that move them back. Well, now, and they the, got, uh, the one, actually two of the field goals, he hurt directly. Got sacked one, and then he had the across the line of scrimmage on the other penalty. Yep, which are fifteen yard penalties. So now, five. or whatever it is, what? So now the the fifty um, yard field goal is now fifty. You know, you're adding to all of these. I mean, I don't know what the sack was. I'm trying to think. It was like seven or eight yards. Well, that's. I mean, that's a lot to add. Well, to that it. led to the fifty yard field goal. Well, there you so go. So if Mariota doesn't take that been, sack, yeah. it's a forty two yard kick. So, I mean, not that he would have made it because he didn't make anything else. But still, I mean, you can't, you know, those those are those things do, do not help. Uh, but, again, I just felt like. And the other thing uh, about the Bills, is it wrong that we have not said one thing? There's nothing about Buffalo yesterday that stands out to me. This is worth talking about. Nothing about, nothing that I felt like Buffalo did is like, wow, good job, Buffalo. That was a great Play Buffalo. Nothing there. It's just me mad at the Titans. Well, they have, yeah, no, the defense is good now. The defense oh, no, no, no. I, I, I've spent all week talking about yeah, that defense. that defense played good. And you can't, you know, the defense held held your team to, you know, 40% offense, seven points. I mean, that's any, our defense, which is really good, again, held a team to 14 points, and we lost by seven. So that'll give you an idea. Although I will say this. The Titans' defense has got to stop giving up those big runs late in the games. You know, that has become a hallmark of this team as they give up about a 40-yard run at the end of a game, and that's got to stop. Let's go to Anthony on the offensive line. Go ahead, Anthony. Um, yeah, um, I had a few comments on the offensive line. Um, GM, why does it seem like our offensive line, um, they don't make a good play? The spacing in between them, I mean, they figured out – that if you rush up the middle um, and get in a quarterback's face, um, it's hard for him to throw it away. You know what I mean? That's why you see him just fall down a lot of times, you know, or take what seems like bad sacks. Our spacing in between, to me, I mean, I know we have uh, – they haven't played together because, you know, there is excuses. There's always excuses. Um, they need time. Before we can make a decision on that, they've got to have time to, you know, start gelling. I think we do have some issues with the – coaching though because you can cover a lot of that up 
And our offensive line, they do not make a very good pocket. I think they're a good run line, but they're definitely not a good uh, pass blocking. Thank you for your call, Anthony. And and it's interesting because, uh, and I think you're right for yesterday, but last week that was the best thing they did, the absolute best. And, you know, you, you're astonished that you can do it so well, and, and part of it is the opponent and who the opponent is and all of that. But to get back to your space, and this is what happens. If, you, if you're the ideal pocket in the NFL for the quarterback is to keep the defensive ends up the field, which they're generally going to speak, and then you, you stalemate the guys in front of the centers and guards. And so now the quarterback drops back, feels pressure, has some room to step up, and he steps up a step or two, or shuffle, they call it, and then gets rid of the ball. There you go. That's ideal. And that's what Tom Brady and his offensive lines, you know, have made a, a career of. And and last week, we were outstanding at that. Um, and this week, I mean, they got penetration on us in a flash. I would agree with you. And part of it's the young guard. You know, part of it's a trick. They ran a trick. And then they beat, uh, they just beat Saffold on the spin move. Saffold And sucks. so, um, you know, I mean, I think all those things add up. I mean, I think you and I can both agree that regardless of what, Saffle got to get it together soon, though. You know, I mean, he needs to get it together. Well, only because you know he can. Yeah, you know, he right. has. It's, that's, it's like Delaney that's, dropping that's, the ball. Yeah. That's more frustrating because we know Delaney Walker can catch the yeah, ball. Well, he never drops the ball. Let's go to uh, – that's actually not true. He actually – and I love Delaney, but he's dropped the ball a little bit. James up next on Mariota and Henry. Go ahead, James. Hey, I want to say congratulations to you, Floyd. Uh, you called it. You said Nick was going to have trouble with his Florida Gator rush. <laughs> but, uh, Garrett, you seem to get, be getting a little frustrated with Floyd um, about the so-called excuses. He calls them facts. He calls them excuses that he's making about the line. But this is how you sound when we talk about Mariota. But I thought Mariota played great yesterday. Thank you for your call, James. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, we said coming into the year, no excuses for Mariota. And that for me to sit there and talk about Humphreys dropping the ball and Delaney dropping the ball and Dion dropping the ball and the kicker missing all of the kicks and the holding calls on the offensive line and the fact that the line can't block and all of that is excuse-making. I get all of that. I hear you. Like, I get it that that is we said no excuses and those are excuses. But they're also facts. To what's, borrow, what, and what's fact? Delaney dropped the ball. Okay. Humphreys dropped the ball. Every, every quarterback at every team Deion has Lewis. receivers drop the ball. Deion Lewis dropped the ball. It twice. happens all the time in every game. Jack Conklin's holding you let penalty me, to get let it me a know the, the next time you see somebody that has 50 targets and 50 receptions. Taylor Lewan's holding call. Never have. Oh, nobody, nobody else in the league gets holding calls. No, it's not about the That's getting true. the holding. It's, I mean, it happens everywhere. But again, to the point that, that it was like the Titans? Where the drops four on third down? Four drops on third down. Does the average team average four drops a game on third down? I have no idea. Okay, does the average team, I think the Titans had seven uh, offensive line have, penalties yesterday. They will have four drops in a game. Now, I don't know if they're all on third four, down. Four on third down of guys all making over five million bucks. Every last one of those dudes is making over five million bucks. And so, I mean, 
the the offensive line. They had a stat up there that said the Titans had at one point the Titans had six penalties and five were on the offensive line. Like that, those are facts. Again, you know the facts versus stats. Those right. are those are facts, and so make of it what you will. But that's just you know the way that that I look at you know that's how it is. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. We have loaded phone lines, and when Mariota plays poorly, like against Indianapolis, I'm there to give it to him. I am. The Heat cost you the Indianapolis game, but don't come at me with Mariota about Buffalo. Mariota <laughs> played his butt off yesterday, in my opinion. Coming up next. We got loaded phone lines, which we will get to, but Mike Vrabel offers his message to the fans. That is coming up next. It's Chair to the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game.